And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend, not being afraid even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas because our help comes from the Lord. Okay? All right. Now I have a long intro. So you need a little more patience. And yes, it is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the fourth fruit listed. Also called long-suffering. You must now suffer long. First up, we're going to talk about this. There's a challenge for many of us who are believers. It is something that Tommy Barnett Sr. preached many years ago. He told the congregation to try not to be reactors but actors. In other words, don't just respond to things, but try and take action regarding things. One of the issues that many Christians face is how they respond to trials and to testing. They can have reactions or they can have actions. An action would be diving deeper into the Lord to try and connect better through the situation. A reaction would be getting frustrated and turning away from things that promise relief but never deliver. The real question is when things are tough and when things are trials and testers are going on, which way do we turn? Do we become a reactor or an actor? That's number one. Number two, I'm going to talk about animals and people. I'm telling you this because I love my animals. I was at the pet hospital today with Levi, concerned that he might be, you know, he's much older for a boxer. He's had a couple of issues. He's fallen a couple of times. Noel and I are very hypersensitive to this. I'm going to discuss understanding animals the best I can in the framework of Scripture. They are a part of redemption. The question is, are they at the, at the, are the, are they at the purchasing power of Christ? The answer is no, but they are a part of redemption. We're going to get into that. And finally, I love to talk about expectations. The reason that I enjoy it so much is that every time I talk about it, my own expectation increases. That's a pretty good benefit to teaching. In the book of Acts, we're going to cover a story where the beggar fixes his attention on Peter and John and expects to receive something. Therein lies the great lesson. He expects to receive it. He's anticipating its reception. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. 
politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show, david at hemustincrease.org. I got two email sets up right in front of me. So if you have an email, you can send You want to send it to david at hemustincrease.org. Jeff Dixon did that uh, the other day. Got answers to trivia. Did a great job. You can also text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can call us. I know it sounds scary. 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you make that phone call, you will end up talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right, because you are talking to kid a dynamite. When you talk to Dynamite D, let me tell you what that's like. Ready? That's like getting the pow-pow just like Jenny Johnson did when we did our previous trivia question. Amazing. Amazing. Pow-pow. And when you talk to Dynamite D, that's like getting the pow-pow. Like going, yes, sir. That was a nice pow pow. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, here's the bottom line to all of this and all of that. I've only said bottom line once. That's good. Oh, twice now. You might have a praise report or a prayer request. You might have something that's going on and you just want to share it. You're just not sure. Maybe you're not sure how it'll come out and if it'll go well or not. Don't worry about that. Just share. Okay. Just, just share the best that you can and let other people pull from it. The Holy Spirit's the one that takes it from your mouth and makes it something into somebody else's ears. You don't even have that power. Number two, maybe you've got something going on and it's a, it's a heavy burden. It's a prayer request and you want to pray about it. We want to participate with you in that. I'm going to share in about uh, two minutes uh, a praise report that's coming up from uh, from John and Nola. I think it's a great praise report, something to keep us praying and moving forward. So we're really blessed in that. We believe that prayer works. We don't control God like Jesus, who brought his petition to the Father in the garden, made that petition, but then surrendered it, not mine, but thy will be done. That is a big part of prayer. And the other element in this is maybe you just got a question. Maybe you just want to talk. Maybe you got something that you've observed. It's, it's not a kvetch fest where you just get to complain and whine because typically uh, there's other really good shows that give you that opportunity that do it in a better format than we can. And we bless those. We want you to enjoy those. We just don't offer that at this time. What we offer is the opportunity to encourage one another along the lines of Hebrews 10.25 and Hebrews 3.13. That's what we're doing Trying to bless one another. Oh, by the way, we do trivia. It is so one of those things we, we do do this. Who said to the Syrophoenician woman, first let the children eat all they want to, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs? Who said that? If you think you know the answer to that, you can... Call in at 972-445-0770. You can text in at 214-210-8483. Or you can 
send an email. David at he must increase dot org. Once again, who said to the Syrophoenician woman, first let the children eat all they want to, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Who said that? If you think you know the answer, reach out to us. We will do our best to accommodate. I want to talk to you about praying for healing, and I have a testimony in my hand from John regarding Nola, and it is a wonderful testimony because it gives us an update as to what's going on. It's uh, about three paragraphs, but I want you to hear it. This is how when you are praying for somebody on this show, it just seems like such a little thing. Just We're just praying together. We're just agreeing together. This is how it affects and in touches lives. Okay? All right. Here we go. And this is John writing to, to me in a text, and I just had it printed out. Okay? We received the following Facebook post today. It was attached to a video of Nola maneuvering down by feet a hospital hall on a scooter. And she was very excited. This is Mandy, the mother. She posted this. This is the picture of a warrior who is cancer-free. IT, CAR-T therapy worked. It's go time. Time for the transplant, baby. Let me say it the way she did it. Time for the transplant, baby. I mean, that's how she wrote it. Okay, this is uh, what she wrote. There. Then we spoke to Matthew, our son, on the phone. He was crying. We were crying. So wonderful to see how God answers prayers. Matthew told us to get the word out to all the prayer warriors. The plan is for a bone marrow transplant on March 6th. St. Jude's has been working with an anonymous donor along the way, so there are things to get, uh, things that need to get in place. Nola will go through extensive tests like kidney functions and so on before it happens. Mandy's parents are in Memphis right now helping with the son Jackson. John and I have a reservation to go to Memphis on March 21st to 25th. More details to come. Just had to get this out as soon as possible. Please pray. Uh, John, sailing. All right, so sailing. So here's the bottom line. What we've been praying for is that NOLA would be uh, able to have this transplant take place and that the CAR-T therapy worked. Well, it did. It did work. And now she's going for the transplant. We're looking at March 6th. So you want to take on a prayer burden, be one of hundreds and thousands of people in the United States and in the world who are praying for this young little girl named Nola. We want God to do something. Well, not for us, for them. And because we want to hear about the activity of God. Isn't that just, it's just fabulous. I mean, she did so well. She's doing so well. We just want the Lord to bring it all the way. She's like, at, she's at, second base, rounding the second base, and the ball is still going out towards the, the wall. We need to bring her home, so to speak, okay? So I want to pray for her, and I want to pray for Gary, and I want to pray for Ace, and I'm pray for Rosalind, and for all the people we pray for, because that's what we do. We love one another. That's what we should be doing. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you. We praise you. What a testimony. I know I can't read it the right way, Lord, but how good is that? She's cancer-free. How we thank you for that. The CAR-T therapy worked. How we praise you for that. 
There's the opportunity to use the wisdom that you've given man to coordinate this transplant. Praise your name for that. We just, we just ask you, Lord, just to help Nola, her parents, her grandparents, the whole family. She's got this thing taking place on March 6th. Lord's coming up. It's nothing, nothing's catching you by surprise, nothing weird there. But for us, it's the future. And so we ask you, Lord, we petition you now to manifest your power, your grace, your mercy, and your healing for this young girl's life. And let this testimony ring loud amongst the people who are connected to it. You hear and you answer prayers. And we got people in our audience, Lord, they're struggling physically and mentally and emotionally. We want them to be good. We want them to be well. We want them to be healed. We ask you to manifest your power in their lives. Bring your healing. Bring your grace. Bring your mercy. Bring your love. Bring your kindness. Bring your encouragement. Bring you into the situation. We just petition you. We look to you. We lift our hearts and our minds to you. We offer the little bit of faith we have. Move these mountains. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. So, isn't that a great test? It's just like amazing, right? You got that, and you got Deborah who shared, and we got the Deborah's, uh, we got that in. Back to back. That's just. You know what you do? You just say, yep. Yeah, I was just just the other day I was just having this engagement. It's like well, we witness to people; they don't all get saved, right? But you don't stop witnessing. <laughs> so you pray for people; they don't get healed. But you don't stop praying because some do, and it's just like, oh, it's just fabulous, man. It's just see, God is gracious, and what you and I need to catch from this, and I'll answer a trivia question. But what you and I need to catch from this is God is active. And he hasn't forgotten you. And he doesn't, it's not like God's like going, oh, what's that guy's name? I can't remember. What's that spoon guy or something? Like, that's not what's going on. He's got it in the palm of his hand. Isn't that awesome? Uh, who was the person who said to the Syrophoenician woman, first let the children eat all they want to, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs? The answer who said that is Jesus! Jesus said that. You guys should know that one. And he really wasn't calling her a dog as much as a little pet, and that's a whole separate teaching. We'll get to some other time. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Since the dawn of the internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. 
no outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull-oney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. What is the David Spoon experience? The Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need. The sun and rain and an apple seed, yes, he's been good to me. No, there's a lot of cholesterol and lard. <laughs> I'm losing it here. What? The lard? What is that guy? Where is he from? <laughs> the David Spoon Experience. The Christian faith is being attacked. 50 years ago, people would disagree with Christianity, but with a sense of respect. Those days are over. The rage, the flesh, the enemy, and the atmosphere of sin is growing and growing. Jesus said in Matthew 24, the love of many will grow cold. And if it's not the end now, it's certainly a lot closer than it was yesterday. You may be from a Baptist background. David Spoon has that. You may have a Pentecostal background. He has that too. You may have a non-denominational background. Yep, he's got that as well. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. Oh, welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your trivia question. What was the name of the Egyptian officer who bought Joseph from the Ishmaelites? Hey, that's a new sound. I like that. Like that? What what is that sound? It's like? just me making a noise with my mouth. Oh, I thought it was a yeah, surgeon no. cracking a nut or something. What do you think? I think huh? that's something though. Yeah, something yeah. something weird. Anyway, if you think <laughs> this is the kind of stuff we do on the show. People are like, is this like a normal Christian radio show? Oh sure. You betcha. By the way, when I went to the uh, doggy thing, uh, I'm going to talk about that. I went to the dog hospital. I ended up uh, talking to the doctor for a little while, and then she asked me about what I did, and I told her, and she was like, oh, my gosh, I am going to listen. She was so excited. It was uh, amazing. Hope she listens. Yeah, I mean, I hope she listens, right? What a blessing. And uh, and I'll give you a report on that in a little bit. I will say this. uh, Levi did very, very good. In his uh, in his um, medical examination, which is really really important for all of you to understand when the replay is going to happen or not. <laughs> how did Bert take everything? How's that? How did how did Bert take everything? Bert was so mad. So funny you should say it. Bert was so mad because I had to take Levi and not take Bert, 
and he was furious. Uh, <laughs> when we came back, he was he let me know, not cool. Wow. Not cool taking Levi on a leash, and I'm just at home. Wow. So yeah, we'll see what happens. All right, uh, back to the trivia question. That's right, folks. You get to hear all of it. Uh, what was the name of the Egyptian officer who bought Joseph from the Ishmaelites? If you think you know the answer, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email david at he must org. So I want to do this uh, teaching. Now, you know we're in Job, right? So nobody's uh, off guard there. But if you understand that we're in Job, I understand I'm still going to pull out parts that we haven't gotten to yet. We're in like Job 9, 10, 11. This is a Job 36. I find it to be a fascinating uh, type of study. I've really gotten a lot more out of, of Job than I normally do. And uh, here's the question, and here's the title of this DDD. It's called this devotional diamond of the day. It's called, Where Do We Turn? Okay, and this is from one verse, Job 36, verse 21. Listen to this. Be careful that you do not turn to iniquity, for that is why you have been tested by affliction. Yeah, you don't hear that preached very often, do you? It's like, woo. Be careful that you do not turn to iniquity, for that is why you have been tested by affliction. So be careful. You and I, the Bible says to walk circumspectly, to walk uh, cautiously with with a great amount of wisdom. And we, we need to be careful in some of these decisions that we make and how we respond, react, or act, depending on what's going on. And so that's why I told you in the very beginning, I was talking about Tommy Barnett, uh, Tommy Barnett Sr., great pastor. Uh, he was the First Assembly of Phoenix, First Assembly of God in Phoenix. Uh, I got a chance to know him. He got a chance to uh, minister to me and to some people that I know that were in the Goofy Church. And uh, it was just a, was just a great guy. We preached this one message about being more of an actioner than a reactioner. Because reaction is like, it's usually, it's... Um, Usually a little more flesh-centered. Oh, it's my reaction. Right? Like if somebody cuts you off on the road, what's that first flesh reaction? Right? That's what we're talking about. Okay. So what he's trying to say is don't be that way. Be be different. This text really plays into that because it says, look, be careful. Be careful. Do not turn to iniquity. And and for those that don't understand, it's not as though – if you if you turn to iniquity, God is not going to cut you off forever in the sense that you can receive forgiveness. Okay, that's not we're not we're not promoting sin, nor would we ever promote sin. We're not promoting licentiousness. We're just simply saying you you have that ability to turn to iniquity. And the Lord if, in redemption will ultimately forgive you. But if you turn to iniquity, you're going to set yourself up for disasters. You're going to create problems in your life. You're going to put yourself at odds. You're going to cut off a, a, your pipeline, so to speak. And it's like the last thing that we need to do as Christians is turn to sin in response to our scenarios. Right? For that is why you have been tested by affliction. 
to see where we will turn. Not that God doesn't know where you're going to turn, but you and I need to know where are we going to turn. When things get dicey, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we handle it? Don't don't say to me you've never wanted to just get on a jet plane and <laughs> hit the road. King David said that. Oh, that I could, you know, fly away and be at rest. That's what he said. He goes, I just want to get out of here. But in the next verse, he says, but where can I, where would I go? We've got to be aware. We've got to be careful on how we respond to things, things that are positive and negative. You can respond in a form of iniquity. You can, remember, iniquity, while hamatiar, the Greek word means to miss the mark, okay, to throw an arrow at a target and to miss the target, okay? That's what hamatiar is. That's what the word sin is. A great biblical definition for sin, more encompassing, is anything that's contrary to God, not, not anything that's contrary to God. So in your celebration or in your despair, where do you turn? What do you do? How do you react? Or how are you taking action? What we should be doing, what we need to be doing, is diving deeper into the Lord, always seeking to connect better in the situation, drawing closer to him. That's what we ought to be doing. But it's still laid before you and I. This is why you have been tested by affliction, to determine where we will turn, so we can see ourselves where we turn to. Where do you turn to? What's your what's your secret bailout? What's your place that you go to? If it's a quiet place and it has to do with the closet and it has to do with the Lord, you know it's good. If it has to do with self-medication, you know there's trouble. Just be honest. It's there. Ask for help. That's what it is. All right? All right, let's go to the Triv question. What was the name of the Egyptian officer who bought Joseph from the Ishmaelites? Do you know what the name is? The name is... This one I forgot. Potiphar! Oh, that's right. Oh, wow. Potiphar! I was thinking that was his wife, though. I Every like, time I wow. think of that guy's name, I think of somebody putting a pot on somebody's head, like Potiphar. Like, I just, I don't know what it is. See, I had the right name right, but I was thinking that that was the wife's name. Yeah, no, that was the, she doesn't have, she has, she has false accuser name. That's her name. All right. We'll take her break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon experience. They wanted to know what I thought of them. Like any person searching for answers, I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish, and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, seven grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations, and is a summa cum laude for his B.A. degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree in theological studies and a doctorate in strategic ministry. 
He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? Nah, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. Job, I want to read Job 325. I don't want anybody looking. I know that the teachings in the church and being a, 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 a Baptist Somebody who's got a Baptist ordination, a Pentecost ordination, somebody who's, who's, who understands what Calminian means, understands what the manifold millennialist is. I, I get it. I really do. I, I've been around for a little while. I just, when you're hearing scripture, you don't have to put all the scriptures you hear in certain boxes so they fit your uh, motif of a theology. Sometimes you can just look at it and observe it and go right for it and review it. And Job chapter 3, verse 25, one of the things that Job said is, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. There's a whole teaching on, that's oh, because your confession wasn't good. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think God was bragging about Job to Satan. Job didn't know that was going on. That's obvious. But there he is. God's bragging about him. And what Job is like going is like, this is the worst thing that I could think of. And that happens to people. Believers. Good believers. Great believers. Fantastic believers. Lousy believers. Believers. And everybody else. It's something that takes place. Sometimes bad things come about in the process. That doesn't mean that God hates you. That doesn't. First of all, the world has rebelled against God and lies in wickedness. So it's not God's fault that the world said, eh, we'll run this planet without you. We'll let you know. I mean, that's not God's fault. He's not the one that did that. People did that. And so the idea to understand is sometimes these tough things happen. The great thing to know is that God has not left and went to Pluto while you're going through these things. In this particular case, in Job, it was completely the opposite of what Job thought because God was bragging about him, and Job thought he was in some kind of trouble or some kind of judgment. Hey, guess what? Job was wrong. Something else was going on altogether, which is often the case. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is a tough, tough question. Ready? All right. Okay, it's not that tough. <laughs> Who was Manasseh and Ephraim's father? Easy. Okay. See, see, when I when you say that, it makes me feel better uh, because I didn't want anybody to go what nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. Also, you can text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three as well. You can send an email David at he must increase dot org. We do here send you uh, to the website. And uh, we're going to do that in a split second. I uh, wanted to make everybody aware. Please pray for me. Uh, yesterday I worked out a little harder than I should have. And uh, Dee was just asking me, and my, my knee looks a little puffier than it should right now. So I'm not going to be able to work out today, and I need to be more careful. <laughs> 
Yeah, I know. Anyway, so just don't forget to pray for me. All right. Also, we're going to send you the website before we take the caller. I do want to point out a couple things. There's 10 trillion, gazillion, bazillion podcasts on there. <laughs> Maybe not. Bazillion. Or gazillion. Baz- bazillion like or gazillion, gazillion, gazillion. Okay. And then on the website is a place to give. <laughs> so you can give directly through the website. It's completely secure. Or you can get the instructions on how to give to the ministry. It's all 100% tax deductible. Not a problem. The only thing you get is a receipt at the end of the year. You don't get anything else. We don't send you a cookie. Be nice if we sent a cookie, but we we just can't do that. So in the meantime, check it out and uh, let me know uh, if there's any questions you have as well on the website. Please go to hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. You see, now that's one symbol, right? Or is it? Aha! All right, somebody's ready to answer a trivia question? Send them on through. Knock, knock, this is David. Who am I talking to? Well, hi, David. This is Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? How are you feeling today? I'm good today. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You need to pray for my knee. I can see my knee is puffed up. So since you've got a lot of faith going on, make sure to pray for me when you're when you're off the air. Make sure to pray for me that my knee uh, chills out. <laughs> Most definitely will. Okay. All right. Who was Manasseh and Ephraim's father? Joseph. That is correct, Amanda! I would I would like to give Al props. He said they called him Pops. <laughs> that was his answer. Uh, excellent job as usual, and you are quite the inspiration. And we have your that little clip of you sharing with us. We're going to be putting it in the rotation, and so many people have been blessed by it. I just want to let you know how appreciative people have been on hearing it. So just thank you for oh, sharing. Thank it. you. I wasn't sure if I was going to call in or not, but then I, it just came over me. Yeah, I need to. So there you go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's what we love. Awesome job. Thank you so much. Thank you, and God bless. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Excellent job, as always, from one of our favorite people in the world. I will tell you on that uh, one that Abraham got the pow-pow on that. Just to let you know. People want to know. We are going to do history, because I have to do history. So let's do history. Let's go All right, today is National Tortilla Chip Day. If you hang out Yum. with if you hang out with Noel, you'll find out. Okay, and if people get offended at this, change the channel. She is the biggest Mexican food fan you have ever. She's just like, where would you like to go? Tacos. Where would you like to go? Tacos. Where would you like to go for dinner tonight, honey? Tacos. Hey, honey, it's our anniversary. Where would you like to go? Tacos. I mean, what to think about it, Dave? It is a popular cuisine. It is, uh, and chips. She's so big on chips and salsa, it's not even funny. Yeah, I'm a big chips and salsa. She just, oh, like, she just loves it. So, one place in, in San Diego, one place we found that they sold, I'm not kidding you either, Mexican food and pizza. 
Oh yeah, I can believe that. Okay, so I would get the pizza. <laughs> she would get the. <laughs> she get the Mexican. It worked out great. Uh, today is also Inconvenience Yourself Day. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that has to do with driving. I don't know. I, I can't figure that. Today is the an eight. I'm sorry, 1868. On this day, the first parade to ever have a float was held. Now wow. again, I don't know if that's true. How do they know that? That is true. I mean, I, I kind of wonder about that. 1839, William Otis invents the steam shovel. I think Otis is also the same person who was involved in the uh, elevator. So that's mm. kind of an interesting thing. Uh, 1970, National Public Radio, or not professional radio, is founded. And then uh, 1969, first close-up pictures of Mars, U.S. space probe Mariner 6 is launched, sending, pa- sending back pictures in July. That's kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Last thing, this is one of my uh, papers I did in college. Uh, 1946, Juan Perón is elected president. Of Argentina, I did a paper called uh, Juan Perón in Oive, Argentina. That's what I call it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Got an A. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Oive, Argentina. <laughs> Come on. Come on. All right. I want to talk about animals. I don't want anybody to get offended. I want you to hear what I have to say. Follow the ball. Okay? Follow the ball. Noel and I are very now. Obviously, we love our kids. I mean, don't be in our grandkids. Nobody, my grandkids can do no wrong. The only wrong they do is because of their parents. <laughs> that's, tell you. that's the difference between kids and grandkids. Okay, if a grandkid does something wrong, it's the parents' fault. Okay, stated that's, like a grandparent. It's <laughs> just like that's how it goes. But we're very close to our animals. Our dogs. I know people don't like this. It's all right. Get over it. Uh, our dogs sleep on the bed with us. I mean, Levi slept on the bed with us since he was six weeks old. I mean, that's just a teal before Levi slept on the bed since, I mean, six, uh, I think it was now. It was a couple months uh, past that. Here's here's what I want you to be aware of, okay? Number one, animals are under our domain and for our benefit. For all the people that don't understand that, you need to read Genesis 1 and 2 and understand the scriptural element. Yes, man forfeited to have certain rights over the planet when he sinned, but he did not forfeit his dominion over animals. And mankind, there's no question that mankind has authority and power over them. Okay? Let me go on to the next point. But what makes us different than them? It's not what makes us different, but who makes us different. Job chapter 35, 10 through 11. But no one asks, where is God my maker who provides us with songs in the night, who gives us more understanding than the animals of the earth, and makes us wiser than the birds of the sky. So for all those people that are like, animals are just as smart as people, God says you're wrong. Like You can't get mad at me because God says you're wrong. Okay, That doesn't mean we don't love our animals. And this is this next part, and I want to make sure to get this because this is an important part to me, and you'll get it. God will free creation. Romans 8, 19 through 22, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, 
but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself would be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into freedom and glory into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. In other words, there is a redemption that's going to take place for creation. There is a redemption that is going to take place for the things that God created that are out of the human scope, right? And I don't think it's difficult to understand and I think most of you would agree with me that when we think about animals, it's an amazing element, and I'll use my dogs as an example, how they are so concerned about being fed, right? You know, they are excited about being fed, but they're so concerned about being fed or so activated about being fed, and we're always going to feed them. We're always going to take care of them. We're always going to do our best, but it's like they don't know that always. They kind of know it, but not fully know it, and that's a great illustration for us and God. It's like, well, we know he's going to take care of us, kind (laughs) of, but sometimes we're, but where's the next meal, or where's the next thing, or where's the next answer, where's the next prayer answer? So I want to make sure you understand something. I believe that animals are a gift from God. I think there are animals that he has given for different purposes and different reasons. Obviously, some animals are more structurally usable for uh, for purposes of assisting man in doing industrial work. Other animals are more companion-oriented. Even Jesus makes a reference to a, in a parable to a companion-oriented animal. Here's what I want you to understand. I strong—I know you're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> Jesus did not die for the animals directly. But indirectly, you could say that because of redemption, animals will likely be a part of the heavenly scape, but he did not shed his blood for anything but people. And you can't— Make that equivalent. It's not fair to do it. It's not right to do it. That doesn't mean that Fido won't be in heaven, but it does mean that Fido wasn't the purpose for the cross. But through the purpose of the cross, the gifts that God has given will be redeemed. And the reason I bring that up is because some people have a really hard time understanding how such loving animals could not be a part of the landscape that we go into. And I, I just go with Billy Graham on this. I do. I know. I know. I, I, the redemption material is straight in the Scripture. There's no question about it that those Scripture makes it clear that creation will be find a redemption line. And when that young little boy said to Billy Graham, will my puppy be in heaven after his puppy got killed, Billy Graham said, if that's what it's going to take for your heaven to be heaven, that puppy will be there. No, that's not theological, but yes, it's got a lot of practicalness to it. I think some people become better at compassion because of animals. What do you think of that? And I think anything that God uses, anybody or anything that God uses to teach something like compassion will not be forgotten. Isn't that just the most bizarre thing to teach on on a Friday? Yeah. But it's important because there's a lot of people that think well, the animals are better than people. Uh, don't don't do the equivalent. That's not right. But don't disregard because that's not right either. That's that's our take on it. Okay, you don't have to agree with that. 
You can disagree with that. God bless you. That's not a matter of fellowship. Jesus is Lord. That's a matter of fellowship. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience. Verse 39, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Verse 40, meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the city of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every city along the way until he came to Caesarea. He was in Caesarea, by the way, for 20 years, which explains why he had the daughters. But here's what I want you to catch. While he was en route, he landed in the Isotis. However he got from point A to point B is amazing. We don't even know. But what he did was he preached the gospel in every city along the way until he came to his destination. And if you cannot recognize, that is a testimony from God saying you take the gospel wherever you go until you reach your destination, which is either you being called up to the Lord personally, corporately, or however it's going to take place. Every place we go— Everywhere we are, we take the gospel. That does not mean you grab a uh, a a you know microphone. It does not mean you grab some kind of uh, horn, bullhorn, and scream at people with the gospel. You just make sure that you are sensitive. That's the very DNA we talk about all the time. You're sensitive to the Lord. You're taking the gospel with you wherever you go. You're recognizing that wherever you go, you might have a one-time encounter with somebody, and they might make a decision for Jesus just based on that encounter. Noel and I had that exact thing happen on our way from San Diego to Rockwell, to Fate. And we met somebody at a, from a hotel that we were at and talked to them one time and prayed with her, and she became a Christian. And we never saw her again. It's not, it's not our call. It's up to the Lord. Just be available. You don't have to be that's the word I'm looking for. You don't have to be Billy Graham. Like I said, Billy Graham wasn't Billy Graham. In other words, just be yourself. Be available. You never know what the Lord will do and how he'll use that. Okay? That's what's so cool about this text. Now we finished up to chapter 8. Now Acts chapter 9 we're going into Saul. And that is some serious stuff. Here is the trivia question. What was the affliction of the woman who was touched uh, who touched the hem of Jesus's robe, and she had an issue with bleeding, an issue of blood, for uh, quite some time, as we know, 12 years, the issue of blood. That is what she sought the Lord for, and she touched him, and then Jesus healed her physically, socially, psychologically, and emotionally all together at one time. Isn't that cool? Jesus is cool. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, 
the truth station here in Texas. That's K-double-A-man-770, the truth station here in Texas. Now, I'm sorry that that last trivia question got out there because <clears throat> we had a couple of people think it was live. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, right? I mean, that happens, right? This I is... wonder if somebody calling on that question yeah. as well. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> my fault, okay? Uh, here's your actual live trivia question. Okay, for everybody who's looking. Ooh, a disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> disclaimer. This is February 24th, 2023, roughly 2.48 in the afternoon central time. Okay. I'm just making sure everybody knows. All right, here it is. What righteous man who was born before Jesus acknowledged that Jesus surpassed him because he was before him? Get it? He was before him. Aha! If you think you know the answer, you can respond to that. 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. Send an email, david at org. Now, some people might be asking, why did you do that teaching on the animals thingies? And the part of that teaching is because I had to take my dog to the hospital, and we thought that we were going to have to put him down, and it's just like it makes you sad. Okay, we don't have to put him down. The doctor was super great. Levi did super great. But it's like, so it makes you think about those things. That's why. Okay, it's part of Christian living. It's the stuff we go through. All right, somebody's ready to answer a trivia question. Let's send him on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hey, David. Hey, brother. How are you? I'm great. I hope you're better. I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. I love the way you say that. All right, here you go. Straightforward. What righteous man who was born before Jesus acknowledged that Jesus surpassed him because Jesus was before him? Well, I think that would have been John, his cousin. That is correct, sir! Johnny B. And so that's the key is that he's like, he was born before, but only physically. <laughs> it's like, yeah, not really before. Jesus in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. That goes back to Genesis 1-1. So that's a, that's a great, great, great grasp on that. Excellent, excellent job. How you been, by the way? You doing pretty good? I've been great. I think that also shows up with him talking about David calling him my Lord and being there before Abraham. Exactly. Exactly right. And then you take that back, uh, back in the time of Abraham, and then back again when the children of Israel were going through the desert and Christ was that rock. And it's just like it's all of these things are, are witnesses to Jesus from the very beginning to the very end. And it's just like God has been given testimony for ages and ages. It's just that people don't like to listen. And that's the fact. People are like, I'm not paying attention. That's uh, nope. it's like, we love it. We love when the Lord testifies. It's awesome. Testify more. That's what we like. Yep. Excellent job, my brother. You have a blessed day, sir. All right. You have a great weekend. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, uh, I'm getting ready to do my uh, final teaching. Before I do it, I do have a, a couple of jokes I want to tell. Not a lot, but there's a couple of good ones here. Okay. Are you ready for this one? All right. There's two of them. I can't remember if I told this third joke. You ready for the sound effects on these? All right, here's the first one. Children's church teacher. Now, class, 
You remember the story of the Good Samaritan. What would you do if you saw a man lying on the ground bleeding to death? Little girl spoke up. She said, I think I'd throw up. No! <laughs> okay. Tina said the boss very angrily, I can never find what I want to find these files. What kind of filing system do you use? Well, the biblical filing system, sir. What's the biblical system, he asked. Seek and you shall find. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just leave it there. (laughs) I'll just leave it there. That's not bad, right? They weren't terrible, right? All right. Okay. I think I'd throw up. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm sorry, folks. I, I'm weird that way. I happen to find that funny. All right, here you go. Acts chapter 3, verse 5. Loving this. This is the one thing. I love teaching on this because when I leave and I'm, I'm done, I'm driving home and I'll go through this weekend, I will do some of this. I will actually try and implement some of this. Acts chapter 3, verse 5. This is the guy where Peter and John, they go in there and the guy is uh, begging. <clears throat> so he's, he's been placed at the gate and he's a beggar. And so in Acts chapter 3, verse 5, he fixed his attention on them referring to Peter and John, expecting to receive something from them. See, I, I look at this and I think, here's a guy, he's, you know, it, a, you don't want to say he's a professional beggar, but it's how he's got to survive, it's how he's got to live. But look at the key in that. He fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. That, my friends, is a lesson all by itself. He fixed his attention. And when we pray, you know what you don't do? You don't pray, then stick it in your back pocket, forget about God, go about your business, do everything you can in order to make it happen anyway as though God were some kind of insurance policy in case you blow it. You Fix your attention on him. And because he fixed his attention on these guys, he was expecting to get something. He was expecting to receive something. And so when we think of this, we need to think of this in a, I want to say, really as kindly as possible, a more simplistic approach. And that is when you pray, when I pray, there's nothing wrong with praying. There's nothing wrong with pushing through. There's certainly everything is right in the universe about surrendering that, submitting that to God. But you keep your attention focused on him, not on your situation at hand, because you know looking at your situation, that's not walking by faith, that's walking by sight. And the Bible says that we should walk by faith and not by sight. You don't want to walk by what you can see. You gotta you want to walk by what you can believe. You want to live your life by what you can believe, not what your eyes show you only. Because if you just walk by what you see, you won't comprehend the miracle power of God. And so he fixes his attention on them, and he's expecting to receive something from them. Now, in this case, it turns out different because they're like, this isn't because of us, it's because of the Lord. And it's like, we get where they're going. But I want to talk about that principle of fixing his attention. 
It's an amazing power that we release in our own lives when we are focused on the Lord. Does that mean that you don't pay attention to your situation? No, it's, it's, it's exactly the opposite. You look at your situation, but you look right through the situation. You look past the situation. When Peter was looking at Jesus, he walked on the water. When he took his eyes off of Jesus and just looked at the circumstance, he sunk. He went down. He sank, right? But when he was focused on Jesus, all those other elements were still there, but his visual was on Jesus while those other elements were there. That's why he could walk on water. When we go through things, you don't ignore those things that are around, but you keep the power of your focus on the Lord, and that's what enables us to keep prevailing. You focus on the Lord. You fix your attention on him. We've, we've said it a hundred times, if not a thousand times. Insert the picture of Jesus. Understand your situation with God in the picture. It changes the picture. It enables you to push past because you walk by faith and not by sight. And because he had a fixed attention, he was expecting to receive. That's my encouragement. Since God is a giver and you are a receiver, expect to receive. Okay, folks, that's it for the show. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 70 and one half hour break. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.